Hey everybody, you're listening to the High Sessions Hawaii Podcast, where we talk about everything local and beyond. I'm John Yamasato, your host, and joining me today is Mr. Kyle Shimabu- Shimabukuro. Devin <laughs> 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 Shimabukuro. <laughs> All How right. screw up that last name? His I best know, friend is there with that last name. I know. It's, it's been a long week. <laughs> Dude, it's only Tuesday. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Oh, man. Before we begin, let me uh, remind listeners of the ways they can stay in touch with the show. There's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. Actually, you know what? I haven't been posting. On t- it's not even Twitter anymore. I should say X. X. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't even been posting there. Did you cut your hair again, by the way? No, but I have product in there. Okay, yeah, because it's sticking up, which it normally I doesn't a, do. Yeah, I had a meeting today. Oh, so this is what you do with your hair when you have a meeting? Well, it depends on where in, in my hair journey I am. <laughs> what kind of product are you using in here? Pomade. Pomade? Pomade, Like yeah. the kind you buy at a drugstore that costs like $5? Well, I get it from a Mojo Barbershop. Shout out to Mojo Barbershop. Uh, I thought it's called pomade. Because that's what I it is. It's pomade. 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 The kind of um, Kami uses it too. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. our friend Ryan Kaminata. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't watch this podcast? Anyway, it's nice. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Your hair is anyway. nice. Uh, okay. You yeah, it looks, it looks good. It's just now with the with the headphone, it's going to screw it all up. Yeah, it's all right. I'm done with meetings after this. All right. I can go to SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, listen to the podcast, and you can go to high sessions, yahoo.com to email us. Jeez. If you'd like to help the show, get more music on the channel, go to patreon.com and donate. Oh, uh, wait. There you'll be more involved with the show and help determine who and what is filmed. No new patrons, but if you could do me a favor, audience, we are two subscribers away from 500 subscribers on oh, YouTube. Oh, nice. So if we can just get two more by okay. the next podcast, that yeah. would be great. If you're if you're already subscribed, just ask two other people. Exactly. Please. Go yeah, sign up. You can, then what do you need one more? Why would I sign up? I'm on the thing. I just signed up. The... You're dumb. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, thank you to Koopa Koopa Landscaping, Landscape Architects. You can call Kevin Yokomura, 808-722-8685 for a free estimate on landscaping or go to koopakoopalandscaping.com or you can visit uh, Fort Ruger Market, get your food on. Yep. Rugerlicious today as usual. i to take uh, pictures. Oh my God. <laughs> Again? I know. All right. <laughs> and yeah. I ate mine today, so sorry. Yeah. Oh, we got a picture of an we'll empty box. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. Uh, you can find Devin, Kumu94.7, and Kyle at highlifeclothing.com. By the way, the Aloha shirts and stuff are really cool. You guys should buy some what? if they still have. Oh. Yeah, well, the Aloha you. shirts and the, the polo shirts, they're really nice, man. Thanks, man. I mean, they are. All right. Uh, our guest today is Mr. Darren Kimura. Uh, he works at the Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union, right? Yes, as do. well as a manager there. But more so than also, anything else. Oh, yeah. oh here we well, go. He, he, <laughs> He is the host of the Sports Cards and Collectibles show on ESPN Radio. So he knows a little bit about sports card so collecting. Cool. When is those shows air? Every Tuesday. And uh, we, it's live from 6 to 7, Tuesday nights. And okay. if uh, you, you, miss, you, know, you, you miss the first part or you miss the second or you want to hear an older episode, ESPNHonolulu.com has some of the episodes up there. Also, Sideline Hawaii app and... Uh, you can check out all the episodes and back what, a couple years. What is there? Are you talking to, you're interviewing somebody that's in the industry or you interview somebody that's collecting or? A little bit of both. Um, we, we've had uh, everything from Broadway stars to musicians 
Yeah, weren't you just on, John? I was just on, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, so we, we have uh, artists, celebrities, as well as card shops, collectibles, and uh, people that represent the industry from grading services uh, on down. So we, we try to cover a lot of different things. We even talk to guys who do coins and silver and all of that, too. Oh, okay, so just oh. collectibles in general. Collectibles in general, Funko Pops, toys, you name it. Kikaira dolls. Kikaira dolls, yeah. right. You know, I mean, Pokemon, you name it. We'll cover it all. So, so we can actually Devin talk about some Devin stuff today because Devin, Devin has, a, has like a key credit. He's like, uh, do you see the movie Forty Year Old Virgin? <laughs> yeah, it's Devin's house. Oh. Yeah, wow. So we can go into some wow. of that. <laughs> but you know, you're married. What? So, so you you're, you're not, not virgin. You're not forty <laughs> years old, <laughs> but you have all the toys. Yeah, not all. No. Yeah. Did you get to meet the guy when he came down? Yes, I met Bond uh, a number of times actually. Uh, super cool dude. Yeah. Very, very quiet, very soft-spoken, but very appreciative of everything that uh, Hawaii's brought him. Because only people in Hawaii know Kikaida yeah, and yeah. love it. The Japanese people go, who? Right. We knew the, we knew the current guy that's in the costume. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I went to college with him. I don't know if he's still doing it, though. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. He built that costume, huh? He did? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, okay. like Toy didn't have a costume. He had to, they had to build that thing. Wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, Hawaii has a big fascination with no, so Kikaida. When Devin's car got broken into, this is how much of a collector he is. <laughs> when his car got broken into, a lot of things got stolen, but one couple of things in the back seat um, didn't. They passed on it. And one of them was... My Kamen Rider V3 doll. Wow. <laughs> you know, the Metacom one. Yeah. Yeah. They left that because they I left just, that because they, they were like, I don't know what the hell this right. thing is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's the weird thing about collectibles, right? If you don't, if you don't have sort of the real mainstream stuff, people don't think of it as collectible. But that's the very thing that's worth the most because it's not so mainstream, right? There's yeah. a very small niche for that. Yeah, I like to think that the criminal that broke into his car was very um, sympathetic because they thought that was his kid's toy, <laughs> so he left it behind. <laughs> But no, it was Devin's. No, no, no. <laughs> it was just a chronic that broke into my car. I yeah. went, oh, I need a... It, the funny thing is they, uh, they, I had a plastic bin. And so they emptied the plastic bin out and threw a bunch of crap in it. But in that plastic bin was the collectible stuff. Oh, so they emptied fun. out the collectible stuff to put a bunch of, like my shoes, like my golf shoes in there and steal that. So, so right on. Let's, let's talk about this common random doll for a second. What is it? Why? Because I want to know how much it's worth. Oh, no, well, it's, not, it's not worth anything more than what I put value on. Well, and, and the, the problem is that it also depends on the condition, the condition yeah. of the box and all that, too. Yeah. So if it's not in the box, it's actually worth substantially less. Oh, yeah. Did you take it no, out of the box still, and play with nope, it? still in the box. Yeah. Okay. And if it's still sealed in the box, it'll depend on the condition of the box. Still sealed in the box? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. what do you think that would mm-hmm. be? A couple hundred? No, that, that's, that's, that's a bad thing to ask him because if he doesn't if he hasn't seen it yeah if he doesn't know you know what i mean you can't put a and i'd have to look at some market research on it only because it's such a specialized area oh. that, that th- this is not one of those where you just look up on ebay and see what the last sales were because yeah. there won't be enough sales to justify a market valuation yeah. yeah you'd have to look at some auction houses and some some more is, a little more depth my cousin more. actually brought it home for me from japan because he went to wow. japan where he walked into a store. I, I forget what the name of that area is, but he walked into the he walked into the store in that area where it's all pretty much toy stores, and he was like, "Oh," because there was just Kikaida and Kamen Rider stuff everywhere. Wow! And so he 
I asked him to buy that doll for me, but he goes, hey, just so you know, like the Metacom ones, the thing that people didn't realize is um, the plastic starts to degrade. So the... I can't, I can't take it out of the package because if I take it out of the package, the whole uniform just comes off because it'll be it's stuck to the back of the package. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just got to kind of leave it that way. And the hard part with Hawaii is with the humidity, those the yeah. clear fronts of those packaging too, the box itself, oftentimes it yellows yeah. or it's, it, it gets a little loose. The glue you know comes um, off. Yeah. There's a lot of goofy things that happen in Hawaii. I would assume that collecting things like that and even shoes in Hawaii is a tough it's thing tough. to keep in good condition because of the the humidity and things just deteriorating. Yeah. Right? Oh, and salt, salt air. I mean, we're we're so close to the ocean. Yeah, right? like yeah. I have like vintage Oakley glasses, you know, that I used to have when I was in the surf industry and stuff like that. I used to buy, and they weren't money because they were old. But then the ear sock and all the the, um, the rubber parts, rubber parts are no, deteriorated, sticky, yeah. sticky no. you know. Yeah, and I don't know if that happens anywhere else, you know. I would think, you know, maybe coastal California and all that, mm. but but really we're, we're unique in that the entire state is a coastal state, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it, there's, there's not really a nice, safe way to do it, which is why even, you know, musicians, right, you deal with dehumidifiers in pianos. You, you deal yeah. with dehumidifiers even when you're traveling inter-island. You know, there's, there's all these different things that we have to deal with and just amazing things survive here. Is a well, um, is the comic book industry also hampered by? Absolutely. Yeah. You could have a stash of comic books that you stuck into an airtight container that you think is airtight, but airtight. If you didn't suck the air out, there's still air in there, right? Yeah. So that humidity can cause it to yellow, and uh, even you know the old lighting systems we used to have the incandescent lights. The edges of a lot of the comics are yellow, but the inside is bright white because the the incandescent lights are at one point fluorescent lights. De, you know, cause this decolorization on the edges. It's like nice little yellowish brown edges, and that's that's not good for comics. So it, we're going back to a conversation we had when we were eating lunch. Well, well, hold, hold on, Kyle. I know you get you get really excited. Launches, <laughs> yeah. oh, sure, right? What do you want? Oh, breathe. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, John. <laughs> well, let's start. So, so Dan, how did you end up in the collecting world? Like, what, what were you always collecting from when you were a kid, and you just grew your collection, or is it something that you? thought of as like oh, i want to it's a business venture for me or something you know you know it's funny it, it, it's something a lot of my friends were into i was a um i was a wannabe athlete when i was young i think a lot of kids growing up in hawaii guys in particular we all wanted to be athletes because you know sure. you could play sports all year round right uh and so you you connected with these athletes and at the time baseball cards were the thing right the you know we, we talked off air about the Cal Ripken Jr. rookies and back then you also had Boggs and Gwynn rookies of course Don Mattingly the next year and Daryl Strawberry Doc Gooden right those 85 Mets all those different things and you just kind of gravitated towards those athletes basketball wasn't as big back then Jordan hadn't come out of the the woodwork yet and and you know that that just gave you something to connect with you know my, my parents my grandparents used to always uh, take me to buy a pack or a couple packs for good grades or whatever it was and that was the reward it wasn't candy it wasn't necessarily toys anymore at that point it was cards when i was younger it was toys Mm -hmm. so you know back to the common rider and kikaida you know i do have a couple of those but transformers were my thing Mm -hmm. you know and that was back in the day of you know the the transformers were so dang expensive you had the japanese versions and the american versions Mm and you know you had to decide which ones you could afford you know and and so, you know, it just kind of built from there. And 
eventually it became one of those things where you, you can't not pay attention because it becomes way too expensive to to not pay attention. You make bad mistakes along the way within the hobby. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having to study it, which is ridiculous to think about that you know anyone's studying collectibles but i ended up having to do that just to make sure i didn't make more catastrophic mistakes than i already had at that point so you have uh so you spend a lot of time with collector maniacs then because no you know i remember robert had choke stuff for for me it was jellies Uh, you know where, where the walmart is now yeah yeah it was me hanging out at jellies and right up the road with strawberry fields forever Uh, so those were my places you know okay uh eventually of course it you know as as time went by it became places like best of the best paula's i mean the 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 places we kind of know of now right but but when i was growing up it was jellies it was you know strawberry fields forever and it was the moiley community center you know monthly card show Mm. And those those community events that that was the thing when I when I got into high school it was attending the Kit Young show which at the time oh, was that. the national that was yeah. the big show you know so you got to see all these different things that now I wish I I had bought but <laughs> I didn't quite have the money so back then. You being a collector at a young age, do you still hold on to any of those, or have you sold it eventually? When there's only certain things I've hung on to. Um, you know, my my grandparents they would go to Vegas all the time, as with most uh, grandparents, I think. Yeah. Um, and my my grandma never knew what to bring back for me because they didn't really sell baseball cards up there. So I was into Star Wars. So she would bring back Star Wars figures on oh, that cardboard. Yeah. Oh, and I still remember the KB toys or the Toys R Us stickers. She would go shopping for mm-hmm. them. And because she bought those for me, I refuse to ever sell those. Because you know? it's sentimental. Right. And and don't get me wrong, I got lucky that she kept buying me stuff when I was into baseball cards because that also meant that I wasn't opening or playing with them. So I still have at least a couple of dozen still with the cardboard, still with the plastic, still with the KB oh. Toy 99 cent sticker on it. Wow. Nice. And some of them are worth pretty good money. But there is not a price that someone could pay me yeah. Because of the sentimental, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. you know, so that there, there's some things like that that I would never, do, ever sell. Do you remember the first trading card that you owned or that that got you into it? Well, I, I do remember the one that mattered to me most was '84 Tops Don Mattingly, mm. because at the time that was, you know, that was a seven eight dollar card that was at that time. Kind of expensive yeah. for you know when you're a fourth and fifth grade kid, right? Yeah, yeah. You know you have a card that's worth that much. Oh, that's that's lunch for a week. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. It, I remember that. I still remember taking those nine pocket pages, cutting them into panels of three, and I had my six Don Manley cards, one on each side, and that was my pride and joy. And and the dumbest thing is, I, I kept them so close to me that I guarantee you, condition wise, those were so mangled because. Yeah. They came everywhere with me. Mm. Yeah, I should have just left them at home, flat, someplace that they weren't <laughs> going to get touched. But no, I took them everywhere with me. The stupidest thing I ever did. Well, what I noticed too is those older cards. Like one of my prize positions was like a a Ripken rookie. Sure, right? Yeah. But they're not back then. They were like fifty bucks, then the eighty-five bucks, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna retire. <laughs> yeah. And now it isn't worth that much. It's that. Yeah. It's, it's that certain era of cards that. You collect and you think at a certain time when it was highest value, and then sometimes you hold on to it for a little too long. Right? Absolutely, but but having said that, 
you're talking about an interesting era because in the early 80s, in the 80s in general, condition was so bad. And guys like me walking around with my yeah. best cards all the time that if you did have a PSA 10 or BGS 10 or these are grading companies, a really, a really you know, choice version of that card, it, has, it is it's still worth pretty good money. Oh, really? It's all the other stuff, the the stuff that, you know, the, the PSA 7, 8, 6s, you know, the stuff that in in terms of, the way we handled them back then, they just aren't very good condition. Yeah, that stuff. Mm -hmm. Probably okay, not let's worth. talk about that for a little bit because this was new to me coming back into the hobby. So, the grading uh, thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I collected cards when I was 10. You know, this was in the 80s, right? And then I stopped for 30 years. And then now my son is into it. So now I'm coming back into this thing. And I buy these cards and I talk to Darren. And I'm like, how do I know what these uh, things are worth? He said, well, you know, there's this grading system now that yeah. Um, yeah. they've implemented. Is it worldwide, I guess? Yeah, worldwide. So instead of just you buying a baseball card now and you're looking at it and you're thinking, what is this worth? There's a centralized system where you can send the card to. They will give it a grade. Okay, wait, you can send it to them and give them money. And give yep. them money. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, a, and the cost is usually averaging how much just to get it graded. Yeah, exactly. It starts at about 20 bucks. Yeah. 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 So you do this. They, they put it in. They seal it in thick plastic. And they send it back to you with a QR code on it and all that stuff. And that's how it's nowadays. Registered. It's registered. Yeah, yeah. It's registered like a system. Yeah. So, so when did that all occur? Uh, you know, it's actually been going on for a while. You know, the, the, the reality, though, is in the last 10 years... Grading became more important because, unfortunately, as the hobby got bigger, fraud became more prevalent, right? Yeah. And so you didn't just grade the card because you wanted to make sure that you had the best condition card. You were grading it just for marketability because if I'm selling to someone in the middle of Philadelphia and they have no idea who I am, and I'm telling them the card looks really good, look at these pictures, you can take pictures at certain angles that you know, don't really show the little scratch on the surface or the little rounded corner. There's different ways to do it where you could you could fake a guy out, right? And now you're yeah. trying to chase down your money. So grading the became internet, more important. And, and the internet changed that. Back. Absolutely. And, and, and But that also made it a worldwide market, right? Yeah. And and with that, it's it's so much. And, and I'm going to, you know, tell you guys, if you guys have cards that you're ever interested in selling, depending on the level of card, it's better to have it graded, even if it's a five or six because, because it's then authentic. not only that there's no question right if yeah. you sell it to someone who's you know 60,000 miles away it's a six so yeah. if you're a well there's difference now there's difference between an investor and a collector right when we were kids, we used to just collect. We were not investing. It's turned into an investing thing now right yeah there there, there are there are well, those that claim that it's both but it most of the time not. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of the same now. Darren it's kind is, of one of Darren the same. is in the banking business, so I think his his uh, definition of investment is a little different. But. <laughs> well, so here's the funny thing, right? Yeah. One, one of the things we learned over the last, say, five to ten years also is that the, the concept of store of value is, is more than just mutual funds, gold, silver, right? Right. You could have, you know, there's guitars in this room. You could have trinkets that are stores of value. You don't have to have them be marketable securities or precious metals to be able to be sold for some kind of value. 
So where, where people may put their money into Precious Moments or Funkos or baseball cards, all they're doing is changing, now I'm going to get technical here, changing their cash asset into another kind of asset, yeah. right? And once you understand that, there is an investment game to play mm-hmm. with collectibles, but it's a way riskier game than the stock market because no one has to file SEC filing right. on Wander Franco and that 14-year-old girl he was dating. <laughs> yeah, true, it ruined the whole right? collection. Yeah. And, and so one of the things I talked about with some of my... So I, ha- I have sort of this mini group of guys that we talk about the collectibles world as an investment. And one of the things I told them about four years ago, five years ago, was that, hey, you know what? Might want to start moving some of your cards and get comics. And, you know, at the time, Stanley was still alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's go pick up some Stanley autograph stuff because the way some of the grading services work now, if they don't actually service the autograph session, you can't get it verified. Mm-hmm. They will not recertify it and slab it into a comic slab. Mm. So there's one limiting factor. Two, Stanley wasn't getting younger, mm-hmm. right? Let's be real here. And Stanley with the birth of the Marvel, you know, MCU. Shit it was stuff. it was the thing. It was it was yeah. mainstream, mm-hmm. right? So let's go get some of those. Let's go get some of the high graded Stan Lee stuff and let's put that away, a different store of value. Well, uh, you know, Stan Lee passes away. The MCU becomes huge. Ridiculously huge, right? right? At, at a level that even I think even Marvel couldn't have predicted. And so now as a store of value, that was a great move because some of the cards that we kind of unloaded haven't held up. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing I told people that I think is, if you're looking at this as an investment advice, just know why anyway. So, (laughs) well, you know, you know, we have to do that disclaimer, right? I'm not, I'm not giving you investment advice. However, um, Mm -hmm. one of the things I tell people is the difference between investing in sports cards and investing in comics is Hulk. Oh. And if he does in the comic... Or tear his Achilles heel right. or something. Mm. And, and, and yeah. the market doesn't like the storyline, they'll just write a new storyline, and it's okay. right? They did that with uh, you know, Captain America, and they had at one point a storyline where he was maybe part of the bad guys. right? And yeah. the market said, I don't think so. And they undid it. Oh, it was just part mm-hmm. of a dream. Or, you yeah, know, just, yeah. So there's different right, right, ways comics yeah. can do War things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know. So if you're looking at sports because you love sports... Do it as a hobby, and as a hobby, maybe you can make some money on the investment side. Yeah. Right? I, I just thought the hobby side is becoming more of an investment side because I don't see, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see a kid holding that Maddenly card like how you did when you were a kid because it meant more than just the money. You know, it was yeah. your idol and your, you know, your player. Now people look at it as dollar signs, and it's a different way of looking at it. I, I, I agree in that regard, but I do think that there are quite a few people who, with the birth of the internet, have been able to follow international stars as well. So you do have people that are diehard collectors of certain international guys, right? Web and Yama is not new to the basketball world, right? It's just new to the NBA. Mm. So those that were interested in basketball, and there are, you know, 9, 10, 11-year-old kids watching basketball videos all the time. They knew Webanyama before he was drafted. I don't even know who that is. Number one overall draft pick, oh, Spurs. Okay. He's supposed to be the next coming of, you know. He's like a Yanis. Tim Duncan. Well, he's supposed to. He's he's you know seven foot six. He's you know, Whoa. You know eight inches yeah. taller than Duncan. Nine, seven inches taller what than is Duncan. What's his last name? 
Victor Webanyama. Webanyama. He's you know this French guy. They he I played against. I thought Yama was Japanese. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, but, but you know, well, he, all we got is Hachimura right now. Bro. <laughs> yeah, and he's only half. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, well, you you tell Watanabe. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah. but but still, I mean, you, you're talking about they're able to follow guys and have hmm. sort of their desired hobby guys uh-huh. still yet and these are these are people that are collecting them because they like the player and they're not collecting just the cards they want the jersey they want mm. so it's a different kind of collector different yeah. kind of hobbyist yeah. right yeah. the the true card guy when we were growing up we didn't have access to game used jerseys no. uh, mm. game you know home run balls we just we lived in Hawaii right the guys on the mainland could go to the game and catch a home run ball right we, right. we didn't have that here so the guys here the closest we could get was the eight by ten, the card, the magazine. That was about it. Or the shoes when when Jordan just came out, right? These guys, no matter where they are, they can get whatever they want, memorabilia wise, card wise, picture wise, of anyone they want. So there are a lot more collectors, but in terms of just sports cards, I think in terms of the card world, it's all investors or guys looking to make a buck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And where, where where is it now? Like, are, are cards still king, or is it kind of like um, I know I know the memorabilia market is insane as well. Like yeah, you try to buy like a Star it's Wars. It's insane, glasses. but there's not like uh, I don't know. The thing I noticed is when it when it hit kind of the the big nadir of it was seemed to me like in the '90s, maybe 2000s. Right, everybody was going crazy with with rookies for um michael we're, jordan we're and then, cards, like in yeah. the in the 2000s it sort of what the pan- off because like well, jelly's the pandemic gone, changed the whole yeah, yeah. oh yeah and then that. pandemic right. happened and it all kind of swept back up again and we're, but we're talking about that earlier why do you think that happened oh it's actually pretty simple formula Are you guys sitting at home doing nothing yeah internet's right there yeah cash coming in still yet because even though they weren't working they had pandemic relief money pretty easy to go online and buy into some breaks, buy some cards and all that. So that made it easy. Where the jump happened was you had all these other areas where, like like I, we, we talked about some of the, the, the sneakerheads, right? The shoe guys. Mm-hmm. They, they really weren't able to buy and sell that many shoes anymore. It was, yeah. di- it was a different market. People weren't walking into stores, so different markets. So they went a different way. They looked for another store of value that they could move for other value, and that... The easiest market at the time was cards, right? Mm. And it went crazy. Fast. Yeah. Right. It went crazy to a point where I looked at my collection and going, Holy crap, I could like make a lot of money now. Right. And he doesn't keep at his house. And then when the thing Or um, have any more for that matter. Don't have any more because yeah. right. he got rid of a lot of his stuff. So when that thing when the pandemic was over, the did it normalize? Yeah, it, it did. But but what you did see was that upper end, the the guys that are you know say the the Luca low number parallel autograph, uh, the LeBron James rookie patch auto from Exquisite, the the fifty two tops mantles, uh, sort of the iconic cards, they're still ridiculous. Why? Because what happened during the pandemic is guys internationally could shop for the cards that they mm. didn't know were available because they oh. were sitting around doing nothing. That yeah. that brings me to a question that I had that I wanted to ask you. So yeah. Because it's now become an international market, does baseball and basketball fare better than football? Because football is not 
international as international as basketball and baseball. Or is it F one now? Well, F one took over for a little bit, but but the reality F1? is, is Formula One. Oh. Yeah, yeah, racing. A car thing? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, really? F1, but but part of it was yeah. because they made only a limited number of of products and mm. you know, there's a couple of guys who are just incredible drivers. It's sort of like having Luca come out in 2018 when you had Luca and Trey and that was it, right? Yeah. There was really not much else. So people were like, "Whoa, these guys are amazing." Same, same kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. But but when you when you look at the international market, baseball's interesting because now baseball is a global game, right? You're talking about Dominican Republic, Japan, Shohei Otani, right? There's, there's <laughs> yeah, enough. Shohei's huge. Right. Yeah. There, there's My co- mom knows Korean who Shohei guys. is. But right. She's like, give me a jersey. I'm like, what? But yeah. Shohei is almost at the point where there is oversaturation in the market too, well, right? Well, I don't know about that because Michael Jordan transcends sport. So mm-hmm. does LeBron. So does Shohei. But yeah. Michael right? Jordan only had a set amount of cards released in his rookie year. I'm like, Shohei had well, a ton, right? But, but, but LeBron did as well. And LeBron still has the best of the best. So mm. it, it's there, there's still ter- certain things that are worth chasing. And with Shohei, the fact that he's such a global icon and, and, and again, transcends sport. Now you have people like your mom asking for a jersey. There are people who are not sports fans yeah. who just want to have something Otani. Yeah, before I started collecting, I knew nothing about, I could not name you one baseball player except Shohei Otani. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's where you want to be if you're going to, Peter guy right. who has cards made and stuff like that because right, <laughs> right? and and if you're gonna do this at a at a level where you think you can re- really turn this into a full time business you have to be taking those calculated risks or is that the guy you're gonna be buying a lot of yeah. with the yeah. hope that he becomes that guy mm-hmm. and the reality is you're gonna make a mistake forty times before you get that one right so. How are you, just like any other stock, how are you balancing and offsetting what, where your losses are? How do you feel right now in this state where he's uh, Tommy John surgery, he's off for a while? Does this, will this card lower in value where you can start investing in it? Is it a good time to buy? I, I've said for years that the best time to buy is when no one else wants them, right? Yeah. But you have to be willing to. The last time he had this surgery, people dumped them left mm. and right. There were base rookie cards that were three, four bucks, you can just, whatever, take them, take them. I, I don't even want them anymore. And those same cards, even while he's injured now and going to not pitch next year, we already know that, mm-hmm. you're talking those same cards are, you know, $15, $17. When he was on this, this tear the last couple months, those same cards were 50 bucks. So, you know, did you play that game correctly, right? Yeah. And as an investor, you have to know that. When to sell, when to hold, when and you to have buy. to be willing to sell yeah. at any time. That's why those. I think well, because I'm not into it nearly as much as the three of you are. So I mean, I I did it when I was younger. When I was younger, it was actually it's your fault. I got into it back into it in the first place. <laughs> what? What I did? Because you guys would go to the freaking place and buy the box. And oh, like, we're chasing LeBron's, yeah. Yeah, like, we're like uh-huh. our, our, our other friend, Cal Wong, would do the same thing, right? He would, he would be go to Paula's and buy the box yeah. and everybody chip in because the freaking box is so expensive yeah. and then everybody takes a pack and blah, 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 right? So I, mm. I did that part of it. But I think over the years, because I spend money on other stuff, um, I I have a, um, 
I don't know. I have a different perspective on it because for me, I'm, I'm like what you were saying. I, I walked into a card store this past weekend that I didn't even realize existed. Like in Kaneohe, they opened a card, show, a card store and I went, oh, wow, a card store. Yeah. And I walked through and I'm looking at the Shohei's, which are $200. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at the LeBron's, which are $250. And then I think to myself, you know what would be kind of cool is to have like a Rui Hachimura card. <laughs> Because he played for Gonzaga. That's where I went to school. And I thought, oh, you know what would be kind of fun is to pick up just the players who played for Gonzaga, right? Yeah. And just have those it's cards. It's a good way to start a hobby. But yeah. some of those cards are like 8 bucks, 9 bucks, And I go, do I want to pay 8 bucks, 9 bucks for this? <laughs> or do I want to just let it go? And these are loose cards. Like you said, they're right. not graded at all. So I'm like, do I pay $8 for an ungraded card? Because that apparently is the thing. If all I'm going to do is have it and go... Well, this is kind of cool. I'll, I'll, I'll put these off Did to the side. Did you text me when you were there? You go, yes. Should I buy this Jordan card? And I looked at it and I was like, no. <laughs> but see, that's what I mean, right? And and for me, it's a thing of, okay, it's a $40 Jordan card. Or, well, I'm sorry, take it back. It was like a $25 Jordan card, but it's loose. It's not graded. It's not from any sort of brand that I even recognized. It wasn't, you know, it didn't have shiny stuff on it or any of that. But it was a cool thing of him dunking, and I went, oh, that might be kind of fun to have. I mean, right? I, I guess the question you should ask me is, it's cool. Can you think it's I can buy it and put it on my wall? You know, I yeah. didn't, I didn't, for I just looked at it at pure investment sake. I looked like that's not worth nothing. Well, and that's you know? that's the interesting part of it to to think about, right? Is is do you because I've also in in a box wrapped in plastic is all these comics from. You know, Spider-Man oh, me 200 yeah. or 100 or whatever, right? Ooh. That are sitting. They're not graded, but they are just sitting there sort of waiting for me to say, hey, maybe I should find out if I should grade Which? these or do something with them. And sorry, and, and it's, I, I think coming to the table and knowing what you know, I'm like, I, I guess there is room for both, right? Yeah. Where people Absolutely. just go, meh, I just... Yeah. Right, and, and that's okay. So if you're sitting out there going, I don't know why I'm listening to these guys because they're talking about earning a lot, a lot of money with cards and comics and all that stuff. The thing is, if it, if it speaks to you, if it's something that's, that's fun for you, then feel free to go do I, it. I, and don't worry about spending I've, $5 for a card. I've never earned a lot of money collecting cards no, you in never my do. entire life. Because every time But I own sell. stuff that supposedly is worth money. But yeah. at what point am I going to sell it? I'm 50-something years old. No. I might as well start liquidating stuff, you know, and, and, and enjoying holding on to it for song and reaping a benefit. But I just don't know how to go about doing it. And um, the other question is the grading companies. It started off with Beckett, right? And then it's now PSA and all this kind of stuff like that. And, and Beckett still exists. It's yeah. just, you know. Which one is the yeah. cream of the crop to have the highest value getting graded now? So that's a loaded question because right now, Sort of the industry standard, shall we say, is PSA, but there is a but. In terms of the market value, BGS or Beckett, they do have these pristine grades where it's a BGS 10 or a BGS black label, they call it. Those are going to get higher market value, but they're really hard to get. Uh, So honestly, um, the, the simplest thing I could do is tell you just stick to PSA when you're not really sure what to do because yeah. it's the easiest way, most recognized uh, method of grading. It also depends on the who you're going after as your buyer too, right? Because a lot of guys would just go with a cheaper grading system to get a 10. Yeah, but and then... And some kid or some kid or somebody who's just new to the hobby went, oh, it's graded 10, and they buy it with knowing that it's not really a 
a Beckett kind of 10 or a PSA 10. Yeah, I right? think though there that that then comes to so, sort of one of the things I had said earlier, right, that I, I would feel bad doing karma. that. Right, I feel like karma's a bitch, yeah. right? So, um, you know, if, if if you were to do that, somehow, some way, that card would end up being a million-dollar card because you sold it with a <laughs> low-level grading service no one's ever heard of, yeah. right? You know, um, and there, there's quite a few mainstream services out there, and they're, they're all well-respected, but the market kind of is driving the bulk of the the money towards say PSA BGS even SGC and CGC are a little bit lower okay. you know and and i think when you're when you're dealing with marketability for your cards the if you want to put the least amount of time into it just stick to one of the top 2 and if you want to put no time into it just stick to PSA okay. it's the it's the easiest way so to go so your advice buying cards on eBay for like someone like me and John and Devin would be not to buy a loose raw card, probably buy a graded card yeah. that we can afford and hold on to that. I think I think if you're gonna look at it as something that you want to have just to have, the easiest thing to do is to just buy the graded card because someone else has authenticated it, someone else has graded mm. it. Stick to the mainstream, uh, you know, grading companies. And again, the least amount of work you want to put in, then stick to PSA. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm. And, and maybe even BGS, but PSA in general. Uh, and if you're not sure, you know how to get a hold of me. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can always ask me. But, but, but also, too, it, talking about buying something that speaks to you, right? How many times have you seen someone walk into a store that they say, oh, I just want to look, and they walk out with a bag of clothes, right? Are they going to wear those every single day? No. Some of those things they may not even wear. Mm-hmm. So why did they drop money on it? Because it spoke to them at that moment. Posters. Uh, you know, in the case of musicians, how many guitars can you play at once? How many ukuleles can you play at once? How many drum sets can you play at once? Right? And yet, guarantee you have more than one. We won't have to talk about how many. Yes. As, as actually, a, actually, not as many John as you would think. A, you know, yeah. well, not, yeah, but but yeah. you know, as a, as a violin player, I can tell you, I have more than one also. But I can only play one at once. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. We we can't help ourselves, right? But certain things, they speak to you, and that's different than as an investor. Yeah. If you're going to yeah. go into it as an investor, the worst thing you can do is walk in blind to a store and just randomly pick something up. Yeah. Uh-huh. You have to put the time in. No different than looking at a company for stocks. Yeah. So uh, thank you for getting to, to that. You helped him get to I was going to say, did, did he answer your Cause yeah, cause question? Well, no, yeah, well, no. And actually, yeah. in, in answering his question, he actually answered mine, which is if I go into a card store or I call you and go, hey, I want to get a Rui, I want to get a Sabonis, I want to I mean, like, get these five. If they're graded, great. But now I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll just pick up graded cards because yeah. they're in plastic that, I'm not gonna, that aren't going to get all screwed up and I can just have them. Put them over here because I'm not, not. I'm not. There's no plan for me to sell them, but and the you're not also to, spending on the extra twenty bucks to ship it off to get graded. Right. It's already done. But the, for but you. the question then is, how much is a card like that worth? Because these guys aren't. They're not superstars. They're not going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if I can get, do I just pick up rookies of their cards or do I just pick up like you know second year cards that are graded? It sounds like you're not they, buying it for investment though. You're buying no, it for a no, hobby. I, so it doesn't yeah. matter if it's graded or not. Yeah, not not, not only that. Um, while while buying them graded does make it easy because they're all standard, right? They're yeah. all in slabs and they're all standard. Yeah. The the other thing that you do want to think about is because you're not buying them as an investor, you should buy them based on the image that looks cool to you on the card. Because mm. some of the rookie cards look but ugly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you know yeah. there there are certain cards that. You know, you think about with Jordan that are iconic, 
Yeah. And there's others that you're like, huh? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do do the the base do the players ever get a say of what goes on the card? Usually not. Because I was gonna say some of yeah. these cards, the pictures that they they're put really in, bad. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. really yeah. bad. They're, they're like mid, like. <laughs> yeah. You know, the face is all distorted right. and stuff, and <laughs> yeah. Now these cards is mostly action shots, right? They, they try like, to. It's not just the big head of the person anymore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the rookies are different because they do a rookie photo shoot. Mm. So oh. they actually do have a rookie photo shoot. And at that time, they're having them sign different products for release, for promotions and all that too. Uh-huh. But that's also why a lot of the early rookie cards, they just look kind of dumb because it's just... Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Even the Griffey, right, right. Even like like a Griffey full headshot, like, oh, too, you know. Yeah. Well, right, yeah. Griffey's yeah. upper deck, right? He's just yeah, yeah. That was it, and, and and that's fine. If you just want the the coolest cards that anyone's going to ever invest in are going to tend to be inserts or rookies. Yeah. So if you want just the cool cards that you know you don't have to really think, then yes, buy the buy the rookie. But if you're just buying it for the sake of owning every single Gonzaga player that ever played, number one, they're not going to be that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's okay. It's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Number yeah. two, buy the image that looks cool. Yeah. Because, you know, I can tell you that there's quite a few Rui Hachimura rookies where he's just like yeah. with the basketball, yeah. you know? Yeah. If that's I what you want, it, 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 it you got to get him dunking. It brings it back to the, um, the Barry Sanders rookie oh. <laughs> score. All it is is his head. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, same thing with Troy Aikman, Deion Sanders. Yeah. They all were the same thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like a you high know. school annual shot. That's really what it was, mm-hmm. right? It was like that, you know. And that's just the the shot that they used. And if you if you like the rookie cards, then fine. But if you wanted something that looked cooler, that's that's not okay. The card. Well, now that we've gotten to that, well, well, uh, well Devin, before what? you go there. Kyle, won't you won't you take out your oh, thing? Because we'll yeah. have we'll have the. We're supposed op- to walk him through. Gonna, well, no, this and then is, go for your question. Okay, because now you interrupted me, and now I can't remember. So thank you oh, no. for that, because I just lost the whole thing. <laughs> really? Yes. We're talking about buying stuff I'm that old. look cool to you. I'm old, dude. You oh, can't you interrupt, the thought. Right? You can't yeah, interrupt the thought. It's well, gone. But what if you couldn't remember to take it? <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> you gotta I gotta go, put a timer on it. Wipe your mind in. <laughs> okay, go do the card thing. Maybe I'll remember. Pico Paloma time. <laughs> that sounds like a commercial. Oh, man. Well, so Devin has some cards here. Um, wanting to know if he can retire off of these. Um, well, so, unless so, you have okay. a 52 Toss Mantle or a PSA 10, Jordan. And even then, I'm not sure you could retire These aren't off graded at all. No, I, there is, I think. So none of these are, are, are There's graded. one graded. Okay. There's one graded. So, Everything else is just. So the people that are listening to this on, from an audio won't be able to hear yeah, this. Yeah, true. Let me see this. But uh, the first card here is a Michael Jordan, and it's in just a, um, just a thin plastic. And then um, Kyle has these other plastics that are thicker, and like you have to use a screwdriver to screw them shut. Which are theoretically supposed to be more secure, but I've heard so many horror stories about people bending their card with this thing. Yeah, okay, I remember what my question yeah. was. Or squeezing the card. Oh, okay. Can okay. I do my question yeah. real quick? Yeah, yeah no, yep. don't interrupt me. Okay, so somebody's getting into it, like John's son. Um, if you were to tell them the brand to get into, like if 
You know what I mean? Because there's so many. That that was the thing that, that shocked me when I went in. I mean, it's been like that for years. But it seems like you go in there and there's a Prism one and there's a Bowman one and there's a regular one and there's one that's just... A, but there's only like two companies now doing it, right? Well, technically, yes. Yeah. But the, but they still produce a thousand different... Yeah, yeah. there's so yeah. many different there's ones. There's no I mean, upper deck anymore. There is, but there is. it's all unlicensed. Yeah. Oh. So in terms of licensed product, there's only... Well, Fanatics owns Tops now, but Tops producing Tops and Bowman and those products. Okay. And then there's Panini that, at least for the next couple of years, will own the license on the others. Upper Deck actually has a license on ho- on hockey, but this is Hawaii, right? No, no one pays attention to hockey. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, you know, so so there there still is Upper Deck. It's just they do a lot of unlicensed product. So somebody's gonna if somebody like John is gonna take his son and take him into a card shop and say, Hey, son, you know what? Pick one of these packs, whichever one you want. Would you recommend a specific pack or yeah. you so, know, style? Or? Number one, it depends on the sport. Um, uh, base- you know, let's in, start in with case baseball. of John, yeah. John specifically was talking about baseball. So uh, I absolutely recommended the, the, the mainstream products, with, which would be Tops and Bowman, because number one, Tops and Bowman, the only licensed products. Mm-hmm. There are other products by Panini. There's so other licensed meaning that they can stick the MLB logos, logos on yeah. the card. Yeah. Okay, wait, real quick. Upper deck that's unlicensed right now. They're scrubbing the logos off the photos. Yeah. Okay, got it. And and in many cases, um, they have an agreement with the individual player, not with anybody oh, else. Right. So that's why you see weird collections like there's Jordan with Gretzky, with LeBron, with a tennis player, with a, you know in in the set. Got right. It. Hmm. Makes it a cool set to yeah to chase. It's pretty cool. Right. But but at the same time, you 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 want the LeBron Jordan Tiger triple or the you know, the Tiger LeBron, uh, Tiger Jordan Gretzky triple autograph. That's what you're looking the for. The Bulls is scrubbed off Jordan's jersey, right? Though, right. right. Yeah. Hmm. But the thing is, Upper Deck has the exclu- uh, exclusive or had the exclusive on all three of those guys. Wow. I say had because there's rumor that LeBron may be doing a deal with Tops now. Oh. I don't see a situation where Jordan leaves Upper Deck. So... He probably owns part of Upper Deck by now. <laughs> well, he might as well. <laughs> right. You know, but, but one thing's for sure, if LeBron pivots and does something with tops uh that creates a really interesting scenario because that means that you could theoretically have a lebron lakers year type product with an autograph Hmm. and you know lakers Mm -hmm. fans are nuts right they're diehard fans no different than say celtics fans or cowboys or here 49ers steelers right so when you have those kinds of situations that market potential is ridiculously high then it'll tail off and, and come back to earth Jordan licensed Bulls stuff will never come down as long as he stays with Upper Deck because you'll never see another licensed Bulls Jordan autograph. Hmm. See, so speaking from an investor standpoint, if you were going to throw $30,000 at something randomly, oh, I would buy as many Jordan licensed autograph graded cards as I could. Hmm. Right? Um, in terms of baseball, you stick to Tops and Bowman and the base regular, they call it flagship Tops or Bowman products because... They contain the most rookies. They contain the most chases in baseball. In the case of the Bowman first Bowman, the first Bowman products are sort of where the real rookies are at in terms of value. Mm. By the time they come out to the major leagues and they have a rookie symbol, those rookies aren't worth as much as the first Bowman. Hmm. So that's why I would recommend that. Plus, it's a long-term play. You can open it now. You make some money on the guys that are very valuable today. And four or five years from now, there's going to be somebody else that comes out no one ever heard of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yep. That yeah, makes what about it cool. The, what about football? Football and basketball is pretty simple. If, if you're not going to drop crazy money, you stick to Prism or Select because 
those are number one, the shiny ones, which makes it cool for kids to look at. Number two, mm. there's all kinds of parallels. So you can buy cheaper retail product and get different colored parallels. Some of them have autographs. Quite frankly, most of the autographs don't sell for as much, but you want the, the cool parallels. So pretty simple. And not as yeah. you can get quality cards at Target, at other kind of you, you big can. store kind of places. Right. Theoretically, if they're Theoretically. there. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's a tougher pull, and that's on purpose because they want you to, to spend at both the local card shop and your retail establishment, which is why they create different chases for where they release products. So your hobby products are going to have certain inserts. The retail products will not, and actually vice versa as well. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a sort of a reason to kind of play both sides. Hmm. That's uh, good, though. They're supporting the hobby shops. That, that's Basically important yeah. because yeah. that yeah. that social aspect of of the co of the collecting thing that all went away during the pandemic, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's also why these events, like you know, we host a Pro Ridge show every second weekend. That's why I right? was over there. Right, and then when we, you we were know, there, the, I went, oh, "Come get all these guys with cars. Right? What's going on?" Yeah, I see him. Oh, okay. And then the national. So I did see. I saw you there. I yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. In fact, actually, I think he was the one who said, "Hey, you need some help with something?" I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> uh, and then actually, uh, that's my, a nice common writer bar you carry <laughs> around with you today. <laughs> you always carry around like that. You put it on a BB you carry around. You always have it in the cart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, you know, and the, my, my, my partner in that show is Lance Kaulukukui, and he's one of the ones that actually I, I always quote, and one of, one of my favorite quotes of Lance is, a good card is a sold card. And that's, as an investor or mm -hmm. as a guy who's in the business, that's that's right, because you're turning it from cash to card, card to cash, right? Mm -hmm. So a good card is a sold card. And I'm sure he has some things in his personal collection, and we'll see some of your personal collection, but... His personal collection is really small compared to what he's willing to just sell. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's see what we got. All right, okay. okay. So, so first we got a uh, Jordan autographed card. No, not, so so what, what are we... It's yeah, like so this is a printed autograph. This is back when um, Jordan attempted to play baseball. I, I, you know what? I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't ridicule him because... What is he? He played. Yeah. He just was average. And, and I guarantee you he hit a higher average than I ever could, yeah. so that's fine. Uh, we got some condition issues, a little bit off-centered. Uh, lower left-hand corner and the edge is not real strong. If this was a well-centered, clean card, I actually would say it's worth grading because, you know, it's a printed autograph. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a cool card. It's one of the iconic cards from the few cards Jordan has as a baseball player. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, in this condition, yeah, it's... Probably a couple of bucks. See, <laughs> I'm just the bearer of bad John, news. John, John told me that you're a dream smasher. I, I am. Yeah. Oh, well, let me tell you this. You actually have a um, an interesting Skybox Metal card here, Vince Carter. Skybox Metal, these were these were pretty tough to pull. Um, again, though, unfortunately, condition is a little tough. By the way, condition was tough on all of these Yeah. Um, back then. Um, first thing I would do is I would take it out of the screw down, and I would put it into a magnetic because... The screw down, I'm worried, might be squeezing the card. And with this particular card, you don't want it to be squeezing the card because you might lose some color on the surface. Um, it, this is this is actually a pretty cool card, and I guarantee you, with a Vince Carter fan out there, this is this is an easy sell, and it's you know it's not going to be it's not going to make you retire or anything, but it's you know it's nicely numbered at 198 to two out of 250, and it's a really nice card. All right, there Th this you go. is this is probably. The, the coolest, well, of the two, this is by far the coolest like card you've shown me so far. Then? Oh, no, no. It, it's, it, you know, depending on really condition, and we got to take yeah. it out and make sure it's not sticking to stuff. You might be dealing with a couple hundred dollars there. 
All right. Yeah. Okay. Right. We got a win. We got a All win. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. And then we come back to Earth here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, what are you holding there? What Carmelo Anthony signs of success upper deck. Um, this one. What's Carmelo? It's got to be worth like three dollars. Well, it's his rookie year, which is which is good. The problem is, it's also in a Syracuse jersey and. Upper Deck had the opportunity to do license back then, but they also did these prospect cards. Mm -hmm. That includes LeBron and Lower Marion and all of that stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, not that was Kobe and Lower, Mar Lower Marion, yeah. and you know. But but the point is that they had these high school and college jersey, you know, prospects. They just weren't as much. They they just were mm -hmm. opportunities for them to sell more product. Um, the only reason why I'm saying, unfortunately, come back to earth here is because Carmelo signed on the sticker, but the problem is it's a little bit off the sticker. So as far as grading the autograph, because there's streaks on it and it's off the sticker, you might be dealing with an eight or a nine autograph grade, oh, which doesn't oh, help you. I see. Right? So, so even yeah. the autograph itself matters. Makes, makes a difference. It's, on not, right. it's not right in the middle of the thing. Right. Yeah. It, see how the bottom of the Anthony comes off? And yeah. also, you see how the uh, the autograph is streaky? Those are problems. The centering on the card's pretty good. It's a nice card. And for a Syracuse fan, it's worth more than someone who's a Carmelo, than, than just mm, a Carmelo yeah. fan. Yeah. Because the Syracuse Fans they didn't play for Gonzaga, yeah. Yep. Well, if you paid for Gonzaga, then it's worth eight thousand dollars. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so LeBron rookies. Um, actually, we'll start with the prospect rookie, because same thing, right? They produce these as as prospect cards. This is so that one Akron is high school or Yeah. So now there's a couple things. This is one of the older BGS grading labels. Now I bring that up only because the grading systems have gotten tighter over time. They will refuse that if you ask them. Hmm. But anyone who sent in as many things to grade as I have will tell you, over time, their gradings had gotten tougher. And that's just fact. And that also raises the... the, the so the newer the, the label, yeah. it, it gives you a little bit of a premium. Not a big one, but a little bit of a premium. Um, one of the interesting things about this LeBron in particular is that it is one of his older autographs. And if you look at it, he doesn't come close to signing no, anything like this. Autograph. In fact, it looks like 23 when he signs now. So oh. this autograph by itself as an autograph 10, you might have some pretty good value here. And no, of course, it's his rookie year. What I would actually recommend, though, and this depends on how gutsy you want to be, I would recommend you cut it out of here. The oh. surface grade is an 8. Edges are nine, centering and corners are nine point five, and I, I agree that it still looks like the surface or the corners and the centering is about a nine point five. The edges I have to look closer, but it does look like it's pretty good. But if you can wipe the surface and see if there are any fingerprints, because usually an eight, there's fingerprints or there's some kind of imperfection from the different angles. I can't quite see a major imperfection. It might be worth having someone, you know, take a microfiber cloth and wipe the card, not the auto, wipe the card <laughs> and have it regraded because if you can get a 9 or a 95 on the surface by cleaning up what might be something as simple as a fingerprint, now you're talking about a couple of grand here because you you jump up from an 8 half to a 95 yeah. on a rookie year LeBron yeah. with a 10 auto and a unique auto at that even though it's a prospect card. Um that's would, what I would absolutely would recommend. Would someone like Beckett take that and regrade it because of the new system? Or if you wanted it up, upgraded? Oh, no, 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 no. No, What you would have to do is you'd have to crack it out. Because you, you'd want to crack it out yourself. And you'd want to have the surface wiped down. Yeah. I wouldn't want to crack that. Oh, afraid. by the way, people do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm just letting you know. But, but that's why I'm saying what you 
need to do is you need to see if there are any fingerprints or surface issues that can be just Buffed wiped off. Yeah. 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 What if it's LeBron's finger? I always finger? wondered why that was a... Yeah, what if it is his <laughs> finger? No, it's the decal. There's, there's no off. chance it's LeBron's <laughs> finger. Yeah, yeah. But, but see, here's the thing. So... I was able to spend some time at Upper Deck uh, on a tour one time, and I know how they do these stickers. In fact, I got to I got to sticker some Upper Deck autographs. Wow. They actually put Vaseline on their finger. I know it's going to sound like I'm going the wrong way with this story. <laughs> they put Vaseline on their finger. They take off the thing. They hold the card with their bare hands. What? And they put the thing down. The Vaseline prevents the fingerprint from coming off and makes it easy to place on the card. But the problem is they don't then wipe down the card or whatever it just goes into a stack so it's possible that the person who was putting the sticker on left a fingerprint which is why you have an eight surface grade now it's also possible there's a surface imperfection that i can't quite see but i, I can tell you there's that a nick on the um the hologram itself yeah but that's not that's not a big deal um i would think that there's some kind of thing on the card that you know if if you can get it just wiped so off so as it is right now what is the card worth like 200 dollars? no it's probably still it's probably still a couple of grand because this is rookie year and it's a it's a unique auto in particular mm. with the auto 10 but i can tell you why someone might pay a little bit more is they might be thinking the same thing i am which is okay i'll buy this i'll crack it out Do the same i'll wipe thing. down the surface get rid of the fingerprint and i'll come back with a nine five ten and now i'm gonna Triple my money. Yeah, sure. Triple your money? Probably. Wow. 8.5 to 9.5. Because the grading on that is pretty good on the corner. Yeah. The, surface. the only thing you got to worry about, of course, is with their tougher grading system now, you end up with 9.5999 and ends up a BGS 9. But if I bring it to crack that, bring it in and it's a 7. <laughs> <laughs> well, therein lies a problem, right? But you have to make sure you crack it nicely and you don't damage the card in doing do that. that. No, I wouldn't recommend you do it. Yeah, no offense. No but um yeah, so you know that that's why from a marketability, this has this this is a really nicely marketable card. And the uniqueness of the autograph, in my opinion, makes it even more interesting. Well, I'm glad I kept that card. Good job, Devin. But John, I think you should cut it out. <laughs> you should do your friend a favor, cut it out. You've got, you know, some dexterity and everything as, a, as an instrument I don't know, player. Man. I mean, it's only a couple of grand. What's a, what's a few grand? The other, the other year, I bought a reciprocating saw. You know, I had to cut down a fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not that. No, yeah. right. probably not. I pass this back to Ben. Okay, so last, now these, next, these next two are actually, you know, nice cards because they are sort of the iconic LeBron standards, right? You have the regular tops and the tops chrome. Um, unfortunately, I will crush your dreams by telling you that you can't retire with these two cards because <laughs> centering on these is 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 rough and and honestly oh, centering sorry. on these were were tough to begin with that these products just you know they just kind of didn't care yeah you know they punched them out when they punched uh, them out which is why if you can get a psa 10 or a bgs 10 or bgs black label that's why they're worth so ridiculous amounts because mm. the population is relatively low now having said that even if this chrome card came back a seven it's a six or seven, but if it came back a seven, you're still talking about a six hundred dollar card. Yeah, you know. So, but you know, okay. So, in LeBron's era, he had tons of rookie cards. He he did, um, but these but, are the two but main ones. There's stuff that I have like is um, just common rookie LeBron cards. I got tons of them. Mm -hmm. But what if you exactly found one? Centered. No, it's not. What if you found <laughs> one in in those common rookies that are pristine? 
probably three four hundred bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're still they're still even with the really cheap quote unquote cheap yeah. LeBron rookies. They're still upside marketability on a really nice car. So is there somebody that you can go to that would look at a collection and go, you should try to grade this one? There, there are a few people here that would help you. I mean, um, I, I'd help you, you know, and I do. At, at, at these shows, there's a Darren lot of people that me. come up and ask me, what do I think about... What is your fee for that kind of... Oh, uh, for 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 you guys, uh, you know, free, but for you guys, two million dollars. <laughs> no, no, you, you would charge I, a fee, right? No, I don't. I, but, but let me tell you why I don't. Because just just like on my radio show, why I feature any store that wants to be on, it's because I want it to be pro hobby. I, you know, I, yeah. if I can't help you understand Darren, what you got, a big believer in the hobby. It's it's I don't help the hobby, right? Mm-hmm. So if I tell you you should grade all of those and you get fives and sixes, you're like, what a jerk. Uh-huh. But I tell you up front, hey, look. Here's why you grade them. And it may come back a six or whatever, but it'll make it easier for you to sell because then you can take your money, put some additional cash in, and buy the nine. Uh, right? Then yeah, upgrade yeah, to yeah. the 10. Or yeah, what, yeah, yeah. You know, what, one of the, the, the gambling phrases we talk about is coloring up, right? So you take a couple of these cards, you, you maybe you sell a few of them, and then you go, go buy a really iconic LeBron or Jordan rookie graded PSA 10 mm-hmm. or a true gem 9.5 with a 10 auto, those kinds of things. You can sort of put them together and color up to a nice single card. There are some people who do the exact opposite. They take a really valuable card they have and they trade down because they want more quantity. But in the hobby, that that's probably not the right thing to do yeah. because the more iconic the card the more special it'll yeah. continue to be forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Darren, we've, uh, we've come to the point of the show. Technically, we're a music channel. Oh. We have one music question for you. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so if you were stranded on a desert island for the rest of eternity and could only take three albums with you to listen to for the rest of time, what would those three albums be? Well, of course, I'd have to take a Pure Heart album because that would just be wrong to not do. I mean, you know, I think that's... No, and here's the funny thing. There's a real, there's a real reason to that. How do you guys know each other? We went through real estate. I mean, yeah. There's like so, there are opportunities all the time for lenders and realtors to mix. You okay. know, because you know we we want to mingle within the. So I met him through that, and we've okay. just been. And, and of all the weird things, the reason why I got back into listening to local music is because of them i mean mm-hmm. uh i i was you know i grew up like, like all kids here playing ukulele and all that stuff and kyle crater boys and all and i stopped i just was mm-hmm. done i was a violin guy you know i got into musical theater i still musical direct with castle performing arts center and all of that oh. no yeah right so and and I, I just distanced myself from from everything else but we did a couple of things where they were performing. Um, I was there with musical theater things, and I just kept hearing their stuff. And I was like, okay, all right, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I got I to gotta get back into the, the local music scene. So I, I'm not joking when I say, you know, Pure Heart did bring me kind of well, back thanks, into man. that. So when we connected over real estate, I was like, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where, you did know, you, where did you go to college? Uh, UH. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, I, you know, it would probably be some kind of Broadway classics thing with, oh. right, you know, and, and Man, probably I something had, Josh Groban. I wish you had been on with us last week. I would have invited you to the Rodgers and Hammerstein thing. You know, you know what? Um, I would have gone. I was just I was just tied up. I had so uh. many things going on. Yeah, because, uh, you know, with, with everything going on, so we're in the musical direction process now, developing yeah, Damn Yankees yeah. at yeah, Castle, exactly. right? At the same time, 
I'm serving on Nakoa's board for University of Hawaii oh, football team. Oh. The day job thing. I mean, there's and 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 there's so many other moving parts. And I'm even doing some consulting with the junior chamber. And mm. there's just so many oh, things you're a busy going guy. on. Guy, right? Yeah. Oh. I don't even have time for a and hobby. He, and he's running <laughs> the, the part shop per ridge every month. I know. Yeah. Yeah, and and then that. On on top of that, of course, there's the radio thing, and I just there's yeah. so many things going on. But um, I, I don't have enough opportunities to get out there and 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 see as much as I'd like to. Let alone you know go to live concerts or live performances as much as I'd like to anymore. Uh, so I, I would have loved to. I would have been there if <laughs> if if so I wasn't busy. Okay. Wait, are it's you okay. saying the last two would be Broadway? Well, one would be probably a Broadway thing and maybe like a Josh Groban thing just because oh. I like, you know, listening to Josh Groban. But, um, People say would, I look like Josh Groban. Maybe when he was younger uh, and no beard and mustache. Yeah. Right? Well, because he's maybe. a skinny, goofy-looking dude. But he also now has the beard and mustache yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Sweeney Todd. Josh fun. Groban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look more like a Asian Michael Cera. Yeah, I've gotten that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's I I think I'd go with Josh Groban more. No, I can see that. The <laughs> young, the young Sarah, Josh Groban? Yeah. Yeah, I could take, take Josh Groban all day, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I could, okay. I could see the young Josh Groban thing. Yeah. Well, we can we can find you October 14th and 15th over at Purridge Mall. Absolutely. Stop by your booth. Bring your collection down, questions. I'll help you. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, wait, yeah. Are you going to go on the next I will one? be well, I will be uh yes, on the 15th. So I will see you there. You can go. Until then. Can so we don't Oh, I'm going to I'm going to talk to him after this and just pick up the stuff at his house or something yeah because mine because mine i don't need to make money i just want to get the players and i'm done yeah so no podcast next week but we will be back on the 17th with uh, mckenna Madu. oh yes so oh, right we'll be looking forward to that until then we'll see you later thank you so much take care see you